Greetings all and welcome to this, the seventh edition or episode of the Hardest Word podcast with me, Brett DeHoot. Once again, real apologies from real people all across the globe. This edition and the next one, we're putting together a grab bag of apologies that we've received. As always, incredible range and diversity. We are going to an anonymous Southeast Asian country, which I cannot explain. Poland, the Philippines, and then the US, and then India, and then Palestine, and then Pakistan over the next couple of editions. We're talking about everything from bisexuality and yoga theft to long-lost philanthropists and workplace bullies, which takes me to Petrina Kingham, who's in Littlehampton in the UK, England to be precise. And she is feeling very badly about the way she treated one former colleague. Let's learn more. I'm really ashamed of this story, and it really taught me a big lesson about bullying, to be quite frank. Um, I was working as a relatively senior lawyer, and that's what makes it even more embarrassing, to be quite honest with you. And we had a secretary who, uh, well, I, I didn't like her. Not that that makes any difference at all, because professionally it shouldn't make any difference, but I really didn't like her. She was horrible. She was a bully. Um, she was a very large lady. And I indulged in a series of emails to a female colleague of mine who actually got sacked over this. So, you know, this is this is pretty serious stuff, which really ripped this poor woman apart. They really ripped her apart. They were nasty about her weight. They were nasty about her personality. They were even nasty about her family. They were just horrible. And it is not really my personality to do that. I really don't like bullying, but I got caught up in it. Anyway, uh, somebody in the office must have uh, decided to tell this lady, Angie, that this was going on. So one weekend, it appears that my emails and my colleagues' emails were, well, they they were looked at. They went into our computers and they looked at these private emails that were actually sent via the company computers. So, well, you know, I, I just shouldn't have written them. And I was hauled into the office the next, on the Monday, uh, as was my colleague who was sent packing on that day. Now, I don't know whether there was something more on her email exchange about the director at, of this law firm. I think there may have been because I wasn't sacked. But I was put in a room with this I was put in a room with this woman and we were told to sort it out. And my God did she sort me out. Um as I said, she was quite a big lady, she had a very big voice. It was a soundproof room, thank God. Um yeah, but I was like fed to the dogs. I was fed to the dogs. And I, I mean I did apologize, but I don't know whether it sounded sincere. I was bloody terrified actually. So I don't know, Angie. I don't know where you are now, love, and I'm so, so sorry um about being so horrible about you. Um, I was caught up in something. I've never done it since, but that doesn't excuse doing it to you. So Angie, I'm so, so sorry. And if anyone's listening or any one of you who are listening to this, just don't do it. Don't be horrible to people. Don't do it on social media. Don't do it on Twitter. But most of all, don't do it via your work email. Just don't. In fact, well, you know, don't do it at all. Just be nice. Be nice. 
A lot of people use this program to apologize for a lot of things. One thing I really don't want them to apologize for is being themselves. And unfortunately, that's the situation I think Elizabeth from Singapore finds herself in. Coming out of the closet is the bravest thing anyone could ever do. But I've lurked in the darkness and entangled myself in so many secrets and lies in a bitter attempt of self-preservation. Dear parents, you are wonderful people. Brave, self-sacrificing, caring, nurturing. But you are deeply conservative. At home, we were raised in a staple diet of religion and moral values. Sunday meant church. I wore a smile every Sunday. It scraped the insides of my heart to do so. But that was what I was coached to do by you, Dad, every time we stepped out of the car in the parking lot before entering the Lord's house. Look people in the eye and smile. I didn't want to disappoint you. But deep down inside, a bigger battle brewed. I have realized I was different since I was 11. A girl that age would not know what is love. But I had already formed an attachment with my best friend in class. Unlike a simple, playful touch, I wanted to press my lips against hers and kiss her, silly. As the years slipped by, I developed a new interest. I wanted to explore the hands of a man in my hips and feel his tongue slide into my mouth. But I also craved a woman's touch just the same. The moment of my acknowledgement wasn't one of beauty, but one of horror and dismay. I had broken every single cardinal rule in my family, every single religious law that violated the sanctity of what it meant to be a daughter of Eve. Was it wrong to want both? Was it wrong to straddle the fence between two different worlds and explore my sexuality? All I had wanted was something different, something born out of free will, something I could be, and not something chosen for me. To my dearest parents, I am sorry. I love you both deeply, but I cannot stamp out who I am. I still hide out of fear. Rejection has always been more painful than death for me. But I promise you both that one day I will finally set the truth free. I am a Christian, but I am also bisexual. It is through no fault of your own or mine. I am the way I am. It's just, I am. Will you forgive me? Now, this is a situation I dare say most of us can relate to. You know when it's taken too long to reply to a phone call or perhaps an invitation or to say thanks for something to someone? It gets more and more awkward to actually make contact even about something else because you know that it's sort of hovering unaddressed. Well, this is like that, but on a bigger scale. It's a letter from Vicky in the Philippines to a very special benefactor, the philanthropist. Dear Grandpa Paul, how are you? It's been 15 years since my last letter. So many things have happened and I haven't updated you. It was only through letters, the good old snail mails, that we've talked to each other. I can never forget the first letter I received from you. It was a Christmas card with a dreamy painting of the manger. 
It was my first letter that had a stamp on it. It also came with a set of reference books, my first dictionary, and a small bag of chocolates. I don't remember the brand now. But when the 11-year-old me took a bite of that chocolate, it felt like heaven melting on my tongue. I never tasted an imported chocolate before, nor any imported food for that matter. It was spiritual. I immediately understood why my grandma urged us to be good so we could go to heaven. I carried my books home, proud that at last I had my own property. The paper smelled strange and new, and I loved them more than my paper dolls. I wrote you back and asked my mother to mail it to USA. I was amazed how one man would take interest in sending boxes of books, cushioned by chocolates and other marvelous candies to the public schools in our town. The school principal, who was your main contact in the area, told me that you were a philanthropist. I underlined the word in my brand new student dictionary. For the next five years, we have exchanged letters. You would always guess the books I would be needing at school. You even sent engineering textbooks to my older brother. You sent me books for my own age, the Babysitter's Club and other series of older children, classic books which were retold and illustrated, colorful science books, and so many more. I devoured the books and got a peek at the lives of girls around my age from the U.S. and other countries. I also learned everyday English, which my teachers thought was weird. Through your gifts, my mind had found a window through which I could explore the world. I developed a deep love for reading and learning. Honestly, I couldn't imagine my life now had I not grown to love books so much. I believe that reading had helped me do well in school, get a scholarship, and successfully get a degree. But when I just entered college, you lent my mother a hefty sum of money. You wanted to help her get out of debt. The money did help her pay her debts. But she just couldn't complete paying her debts to you as there were four of us all going to school. I knew it was all for our good, but I actually felt ashamed at the thought of you extending too much help and at the fact that despite your golden heart, we did not pay our debt. Every time I'd start writing you a letter, My conscience reminds me of the unpaid debt. I couldn't pretend to write my usually cheerful letter because all I wanted to write was, I'm sorry, we took your money. I wish I can pay you back so we can go back to being pen pals, but I'm only a poor college girl. So I put the letters aside. Maybe later, I said. You were 70 then. Oh, to be 70 again. Now, you are 85. And I sometimes wonder if I should write you a letter. I wonder if you're still at your old address. I still feel bad about the unpaid debt. Maybe soon, 
I will be able to pay you. But you know what? The thought of you always makes my eyes well up. You always told me that it was better to teach a girl how to fish than just to give her fish. Your book sure made a fine fishing net for me, and I wish that I can tell you how forever grateful I am for your kindness. Love, Vicky. Vicky, I think I speak on behalf of every listener to this podcast when I say, please write the letter, send the letter. As I put together the first series of The Hardest Word, it occurs to me that there is a dearth of men willing to apologise. That probably surprises no one. A particular dearth of young men. Perhaps they don't have the conscience or they just don't do anything wrong. Perhaps a combination of the both. So when Roman uh, Brzezinski's apology came in from Warsaw in Poland, I was excited. I thought this could be something big. Let's check it out. I would like to apologize for one horrible thing I was doing during last summer. Brace yourself, people. So the story is like this. I used to share an apartment with two neighbors and we all had one big fridge in the kitchen where we put our food from the grocery stores. One of my neighbor's name was Dan, and he always bought the best yogurts in the city. What do you mean the best yogurt in the city? I can get the best you know, taco or the best pizza. Who was monitoring yogurt quality across the city of Warsaw? I mean, I cannot describe how tasty they were. And no one couldn't find those yogurts except him. Dan knew a guy. So they were really good. And you know that feeling when you wake up at 2 a.m. and wanting to eat something really special? Well, on one of those nights, I had that feeling and I was in a search of that something special when I opened the fridge and that yogurt caught my eyes. I've had those feelings too, Roman, 2 a.m., but not towards yogurt. Well, the rest is history. I've been eating his yogurts for weeks and never got a chance to tell him. And the fun fact is that he never found out who did it. I mean, there could be two of us who could potentially do it, me and my other neighbor, and Dan was always shy to ask. Plus, he never woke up at night to catch us as he was really busy and had to work every morning. So, Dan, if you hear this now, I'm really sorry. I think Dan could focus less on yogurt, perhaps, and more on crime. Time to bring this whole sorry business to a close. Our first of two consecutive miscellaneous editions of the program. Next edition, we're going to wear the US of A. We are going to Montenegro, I think. We're going to Palestine, and we're going to India. That's what we do on this program. You know, you can add your apology to the program. We'd love you to. TheHardestWordPodcast.com has all the details. Apologies, big, small, serious or silly, as long as they are sincere, they will be considered and much appreciated. And don't forget, you don't have to add your voice to your apology. You can always just write them and we will take care of the rest. All right. Hey, we're on Facebook, Twitter. You can rank us, you can rate us, you can tell all your friends about us. I hope you join us again. Me, host, Brett Hoot. farewell. <laughs>